And so we're getting ready to get in the car and I'm immediately feeling rejected. Because remember, we're all seven-year-olds inside, right? So I am as a human having this rejection experience of, wow, she wouldn't even do this for me. Like I do this and this and this and this, and she didn't. But I knew I needed to show her what unconditional love looks like. So I got in the car and I was super friendly and conversing just like I normally would be. I drop her off at school, tell her I love her everything. And three hours later, what do I get? I get a text from committee. Mom, tomorrow I'll make sure I get up earlier to, to do your hair. Now, here's the thing. I didn't have to guilt her. I didn't have to chastise her. I didn't have to yell at her. I actually just poured love into her. And what happens in that cycle? She wanted to pour love into me. And it was like, it hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is God. Like God just wants to pour into me. And when he fills my cup up, I then take it out into the world and I pour it into others. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, my guest is one of my favorite humans on the planet. She's been probably one of my BFS for the last year. I've only known her for a year, but she has absolutely 100% made my life so much greater. And I'm so excited to share her with you today. Her name is Amy Ledeen. She actually has her own podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, I don't know where you've been under a rock. It is all about faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. She has absolutely crushed her industry. She is the co-owner of Lean Body Consulting. She is Amy Ledeen. She does everything from the daily agreement cards to changing your mindset. She is a woman who not only placed her baby for adoption at the age of 18, she's lost over 100 pounds. She's faced a marriage-ending affair. She is also facing a cancer battle for the last seven, almost eight years now. And she's unfortunately still in the middle of it, but she is a thriver. And I'm so excited for her to be on the podcast today. We talk everything about faith. Yes, that's right. We talk about our faith today and how we came to our faith and talking so highly about our faith and praising Jesus and all of the things. And so if you are not one who is a, you know, a big believer, I would encourage you to stick around. If you are a big believer and you just love God, you are going to love today's podcast. You guys, I'm so excited for you to meet one of my best friends, one of the greatest humans I know, and the strongest woman I know, Amy Ledeen. Y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast today. I am telling you is probably my 
absolute favorite human on the planet right now. Um, my one of my best friends, Amy Ladine, is here today, and she is someone who has impacted my life in a way that she cannot even explain. We've only known each other for it's so crazy to say it's really only been two years, and it feels like two decades. There's not another person on the planet that I would want on this podcast in the beginning, and so Amy, I'm so excited you're here today. I cannot believe you chose me. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the. I feel like I should be on the prices right, and I'm like running up to that front row. <laughs> oh my god, it feels like that to me too. Like I, you know, you and I, we've just recorded a podcast for your show, and I have been on your show before, and we truly do feel that way about each other. I feel like it is a God thing. We met in a mastermind. We have a very funny story of how we met for the very first minute. Do you want to tell that story? Do you think we should tell that story? For sure. Because I think (laughs) so I was going out to a mastermind and I usually go out with Eric, you know, we've always done like partner masterminds. So this was one that I'm like, I'm going out by myself to pivot, to help launch, you know, my Amy Ladine stuff. So I knew I needed to go out and I was like knowing that I needed to do uncomfortable things. So I can't remember who it was. Maybe Steph, I think reached out and was like, do you guys want a room together? So of course, cause I'm like, I need to be leaning into stuff. I'm going to do it. I'll totally stay in this Airbnb. Okay. Totally assuming that these girls are like bougie and that we're going to have like a five bedroom mansion and that that's cool. However, I show up and it's two rooms two rooms and only a bed in each room. And I immediately like speed dial Eric. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's no, and he is like speed dialing the four seasons. Cause he knows that this is not happening. So fast forward, I get in and I see Christina, you know, we, we meet up and she's like, basically in my face that, you know, you're not going to go stay in a hotel <laughs> that you're staying with me. And because I'm scared of her <laughs> initially, yes, <laughs> I'm scared, but I want to be her friend. I'm like, okay, I guess we're staying together. And by the end of the night, we were crying in bed together, sharing things that I'd never shared before. And it just proved me that, you know, it was the place I needed to be. I mean, honestly, like you can't even make that up. And I mean, the rest is history. Oh my gosh. It is a hundred percent the truth. And, th- and it's a perfect segue to today's conversation, but, um, we are four bougie women. We just didn't happen to realize that it was only two beds in a, like a two bedroom place. And we were all absolutely beside ourselves. Like, Oh my God, I don't even know these chicks. I might hate them, but God stepped in and God was like, Oh no, ladies, I have different plans for you. And you're not checking out and you're going to be crying and you're going to stay up until 3am and you're going to sleep in the same bed and use the same toilet. And it's going to be awkward as hell, but it's going to be the best decision of your life. Totally. And you know what? I don't think I even really learned anything in past foundations, (laughs) but I will look back at that year of like, I needed the friendship. I needed that because last year through all of our monthly like meetings that we had, I was pruning myself to be able to pivot and to be able to do those things. And you know what? I wouldn't have gotten there without having that connection. Yeah, absolutely. So Amy and I, we went to California together and the Steph and Yasna, who she's talking about, those were, our, we left this mastermind. We went to California, Chris and Lori Harder, good friends of ours still to this day. Um, we went to their mastermind in California. The four of us connected in this Airbnb and we just said, you know what? there's a reason God put us in this room together for a purpose and a reason. And all four of us felt out of place in some way. All four of us felt like, why are we here? All four of us had a different reason for coming, but I guarantee you today, all four of us know we were put in that room together 
for the friendship that we now have, for the accountability to one another that we now have. And, you know, it all comes down to now we can see that God had a bigger plan. You know, God had this plan. And, you know, even still today, one of the reasons why I'm having you on and one of the reasons why I started this podcast, you know, not every, this is a newer podcast. Not everyone knows me. Perhaps they don't even know you considering you have like F it podcast, which is, has like a hundred billion zillion downloads and shows and all the things, but uh, an amazing guest. But you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is I'm definitely different. You know, that in the fact that like I have said, I say fucking God in the same sentence and it rattles some people. But let me tell you, I truly do believe that God has given me this beautiful gift in the fact that I do bring people to their faith because I am so different in my faith. God and I are so legit, and yet I am very different in the way that I show up in the world. And one of the things that you and I have been talking about lately is how in 2021, you are like, oh, hey, I am a huge person of faith. God has absolutely changed my life. He has blessed me times 10. And I would love for you to kind of start talking about that because not everyone knows your story. Obviously, I did an introduction on you, but you have a pretty big story and it's all all in the, all in the hands of the big man upstairs. Well, you know, you pointed out something. I there's many reasons you came into my life, but your cussing and your love for Jesus was exactly what I needed. I grew up in a very fundamental religious home, Um, you know, super memorization of things, you know, not really having your own relationship, at least mine wasn't. I'm not saying that other people in my religion did, but I was pretty much like living what I thought I should be living and very judgmental. Like, oh my gosh, fundamental Christians are the most judgmental people because we're taught to be in such a little box that everything that's not in the box is not of God or that person can't possibly. So when I met you and I started watching your stories, I was like, this lady like is more sold out for Jesus Christ than I am right now. Like I'm watching the amount of sharing that she's doing. And I'm like, who am I to even say that you can't say fuck and still love God. And so it made me actually start to shed some of my own beliefs because I was like, what do I believe? Do I believe that's going to not make me have a relationship with Jesus? So it just started to make me pull away some of these like fundamental beliefs that I had just, you know, been raised with to just assume. So that was the first thing that I was like, wow, I've put so many Christians in boxes and, and it's just not fair. You know, it's really not fair to do that because I don't, you know, I can't judge your relationship there, but what it made me really see was, I think you bring more people into faith (laughs) because you spark that. And because you show something that's not in that mold. I mean, I, I watch every morning your devotions. Like I see how much you are so sold out for that. And it's really opened my eyes, but also made me see that, you know, like we are, I, I remember Ed saying this, we're evangelists, like all of us are. And so whether we have a message or not, we're putting out a message. And so for me, I had that podcast interview with Lydia Laird 
And it was a special one. You know, you helped connect me, of course. And um, we, that interview, I left that interview and I'm like, I'll never be the same. I have too much of a, a platform now that I have to, I can't, I've had too many faith-based things happen in my life that if I don't share them, you know, I, I, I'm just not doing someone else a service because, because of God and because of that relationship, it's truly healed so many of my broken, you know, um, areas of my life. And I've had a lot of it. You know, I placed a baby for adoption at 18. I would say that that was probably a huge, huge traumatic um, event for me because we never spoke about it again. You know, I and I, I really did it for religious reasons at that time. You know, it was that I, I thought it was the right thing to do. So fast forward, I just still stayed kind of on my autopilot, not really having like the, the, you know, the real faith, like it was just spoken faith. And, you know, I kind of just, I lived that, I call it a fake Christian life, you know, where my relationship really wasn't authentic. Then getting cancer really, really put me in a, in a position of, I started reading my Bible. I started wanting to, um, I, I knew what faith was. And I knew that at times I wasn't having faith because faith would show up differently. Faith would behave in a certain way that I could still have fear because that's one thing I've had to learn in this last year. And I've shared that with you is I put up such a strong front for so long that that hurt me too, because the moment I would have a doubt, I felt like maybe I'm not, maybe I am, I don't have that faith. Maybe, you know, and, and that's not the case. I think that me sharing it has helped me, you know, um, just be stronger because then I have other people, their faith can lift me up. Like, I don't always have to have the faith. I've, I've, I've had to learn that, that like in those times I have people like you that are like, you're not, you know, going anywhere. And so when I had that interview with Lydia, I knew in that, I mean, I had a moment in that conversation where I was like, I'm holding back. I'm not sharing a lot of the miracles for, I mean, they are, they have been miracles that I've seen in my life and it is all because of God. So I'm like, if I don't share this, oh, I'm just not doing everyone the service because he's my comforter. You know, he's really what is helping me get through this right now. So that's kind of where I'm at. Oh, and it's so, so good. So for those who don't know, Lydia Laird, she's just a, a Christian singer. And I, I remember listening to one of her songs on my walk and I posted it on my stories and then she said, thank you. And then we created like a social media relationship. And I, you said to me, oh my God, you know her. And I was like, well, kind of. And so I hooked you, hooked you up with her and she's been on your podcast and I hope to have her on this one as well. Um, for those who don't know, though, most people probably would have no clue. I didn't grow up in a Christian faith. I didn't grow up in a religious background. I remember saying my prayers when I was a kid, but all it was, it was recital. Like, I remember exactly what I said right now. And it was just like, we had to spew it at night. There was no like relationship there. There was nothing. And I remember, and that's nothing against my family. It's just what they knew. Like, they didn't know any better. We went to church, I think, twice my whole entire life. And it was like, oh, really? We have to go to this place? Place. Okay, whatever. And then for me moving down to Arkansas, I'm originally from Canada. For those who don't know, originally from Canada, I moved down here when I was 20 years old to play college golf, 21. Um, and there was churches like in every three block radius. And I was like, oh gosh, this is not for me. Let me tell you. And there was a girl on my golf team. She tried to give me a Bible the very first time I got here. And I was like, oh heck no, like this is not for me. 
But through my journey, which, you know, I share a lot on my social media and which I'll be sharing on here is that I kind of got to like this rock bottom place in my life where I was like, I need something bigger than myself. What is this God thing? And for me, that was like 100% the shift. It was like, I just started going to this church here locally. My husband at the time grew up in the church, but left the church because of some things that went down. So he kind of pulled away from his faith. He grew up like if the doors were open, he was there. He pulled away. And so For me, I think one of the biggest blessings for me is the fact that like, I don't know the bad things that came from being in a hard religious box setting that you did. And I now, you know, one of the things that you and I were talking about on your podcast was the power of retreats. And I have learned through retreats and it makes me so sad that there's so many people that are like so wounded from their religious upbringing. Like you're one of those people. And Mm. I have so many clients who are wounded so badly from that. And I actually think that like one of the cool things about my faith and for those who are maybe new to it is I really don't have anything bad to say about it. I don't have any like preconceived notions of what it's supposed to look like. Do I go to the physical church every single Sunday? Fuck no. I don't go all the time. I tithe, like I tithe perfectly now. I listen to worship music all the time. I do my devotionals. I listen to um, sermons whenever I want. Sometimes I listen to four of them a day. And sometimes I don't even listen to them on Sundays. But my relationship with my creator, my relationship with God, my belief unwavering is what I want to preach. And maybe I'm quote unquote, preaching it wrong. But if I can have one person, you know, know that there's something bigger than me, then, oh my God, I I think I'm doing something right. And for you, when you told me about that podcast with Lydia, I thought there is nothing more that I would want than for you to come on here and start talking about it. Because for those who don't know everything about Amy, go listen to her podcast. The Effort podcast is probably one of the best podcasts that I'll listen to that I listen to on a daily basis. And your story of who you are and what you believe, I mean, it has fundamentally changed my life. What do you think for you it was? Where was the moment in your life that you think you left what you grew up with and now or have the faith that you have now? Because what you grew up with, with what you have now is completely different. I know there's people listening that grew up with some hard shit like you. I well, you made a good point. So a lot of people don't realize that if they've grown up, say like in a fundamental religious home, the relationship that you have with the person that's like kind of the powerhouse of the religion. So it could be mom or dad in my house. It was my dad. That's how you kind of depict God unconsciously. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't have a really like unconditional loving father, you're going to deem God that way. So I actually pictured God a lot like Ariel's dad in the little mermaid with like the pitchfork. So my entire life, I had a lot of like, it was, I needed to do things in order for God to approve of me. And if I wasn't doing things that were quote unquote good, then I shouldn't even go to him. And that was just an unconscious, like people don't realize that their relationship typically with the way that they are with their father is usually how they deem God. So a couple of years ago, I read a book called Hero. It's by Meg Meeker. She's a pediatrician, a Christian pediatrician. And I read it and I was blown away. I had totally seen God in the wrong light. Like she talks all about the hero and how 
the hero dad is the unconditional lover. And she gives lots of stories of fathers, how we're human. And we tend to like, if we feel like we're being rejected from our children, we'll sometimes withhold. And that's so important not to do, because if you're really trying to show your children unconditional love and you're seeing it from a godly place, you have to show them that no matter what they do, you still love them. So that book, I mean, I had a moment, I went to Eric and I said, I'm, I'm loved. Like we are actually okay. Like we, there's, I said, you know, and and he even said, you know, he said to me, he goes, I don't know why I didn't ever see this before because there's nothing that my child can do. Like there's nothing. When I look at my kids today, there's nothing that my kids could do that would make me not love them. In fact, if I knew they were sitting in their room, broken down, crying, like I have many times in my life, I would be so sad that they would be shaming themselves because I would want to grab them and say, I love you. Like there's nothing you can do. So I was on a mission that year to like learn everything I possibly could because I I pretty much had I googled how to prove the God, the Bible not true. <laughs> like what? this is just wow. oh yeah. This is just like two and a half years ago. Like no joke. Like in the yeah. middle of all of my cancer, I was like I. I'm so tired of, I'm so tired of it. I feel like crap all the time. And it was because I was seeing it wrong. I was seeing it based on, you know, this old thing. So I went on a mission. I started researching love. I decided to do 30 days of learning what unconditional love was. And I every day researched stuff in the Bible. And I learned that it was actually like, it's, it's a verb. Like you have a choice to love. Like it's not something that just comes like you have to work at it. Like a decision. Yeah, a decision. (laughs) And so I had a moment with my daughter that it was my first test. So she is, you know, at the time she was 17. And so I text her that morning. I said, Hey, can you do braids in my hair? And uh, she, she'd said yes. And then as the morning went on, I'm watching her around the house and she's had plenty of time, but you know, she's a teenager. Right. And finally we're getting ready to leave for school. And I go, Camille, my hair. And she's like, Oh, I'll do it after school. Well, after school doesn't do me any good when you have crazy hair. Right. So I had a moment of, I was like, really? I said, you know, I said, man, you you can't do it. And she's like, mom, I have to go. And so we're getting ready to get in the car and I'm immediately feeling rejected. Because remember, we're all seven-year-olds inside, right? So I am as a human having this rejection experience of, wow, she wouldn't even do this for me. Like I do this and this and this and this, and she didn't. But I went in my room and I'm like, I have an opportunity here because I've been a condition lover. I'm doing it just like my parents have my whole life, not meaning to, but they get hurt too. And I knew I needed to be the bigger godly person and show her what unconditional love looks like. So I got in the car and I was super friendly and conversing just like I normally would be versus I really wanted to pout. I really wanted her to feel bad. Like I'm just being honest. I drop her off at school, tell her I love her everything. And three hours later, what do I get? I get a text from committee. Mom, tomorrow I'll make sure I get up earlier to to do your hair. Now, here's the thing. I didn't have to guilt her. I didn't have to chastise her. I didn't have to yell at her. I actually just poured love into her. And what happens in that cycle? She wanted to pour love into me. And it was like, it hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is God. Like God just wants to pour into me. And when he fills my cup up, I then take it out into the world and I pour it into others. And without that connection, I didn't have true confidence and I didn't have true love for myself. And so I have like a daily anchor 
where I put my hand over my heart. And that is my connection every day to remind myself, like I have comfort all the time. And he loves me even when I do stupid shit. And even when I'm like, like, it doesn't matter. And in the past, someone could have maybe even said to me, like in a, you know, in a chastising way, like, oh, you better go talk to God about that. When someone says that kind of stuff to me now, I go, you're right. I will go. And he loves me anyways. And that is been the biggest growth. And it's just been a couple of years. I mean, I consider myself a baby Christian, but I'm like, I'm just too in love with this relationship, not to share it because it gives me comfort on my lowest of low days. Mm. Oh, there's so many things that you said there. You guys, if you, first of all, I'm going to put the, that book hero by Megan marker. Is it? Meg Meeker. Meg Meeker. I'll put that in the show notes, make sure I get it right. So you guys can check that out. One thing that Amy said that she does to reconnect with God is putting her hand over her heart. I want you guys to remember that because I want you all to have takeaways when you need it in those moments the most. So this book will be a great one, especially if you have children, how to reframe your your um, outlook on God, get your hand over your heart to recenter you, know that he is real. Because I'll be honest, Amy, I have had times in my life before I had any relationship and I still have people in my family. It makes me sad to think about that they believe God hates them. Do you know how many times I have said in my life before I had any idea that God hates me? When I screwed something up, when I was in the middle of my eating disorder, when I was playing bad golf, that came out quite a bit. When I was mad in my relationship, when I hated myself, God hates me. He hates me. No wonder this is happening. God hates me. And like now that makes me so sad. Like I could actually just choke right now because it's like, There's so many people in this world that live that way that we believe our actions are the reason that God hates us or something bad is happening in our lives and we are hated by God. And to me, that is like one of the saddest things ever because I was living that for such a long period of time. And totally. Oh, and there's so many people that do, and it just breaks my heart. And I still have moments where I'm like, okay, I kind of screwed something up. But you know, my whole entire premise of even doing this podcast, all of my coaching, all of my master, all my work is to remember to just be your most authentic self because that's who God created you to be. And you are worthy based on like freaking waking up. You are worthy because you have a heart in your chest because you were created to be your most confident, purposeful, passionate life, like all of the things, you know, something that you said there that we have not, that I have not touched on a ton so far yet on this podcast. And you know, a lot more about this than I do is your seven-year-old self. You know, so many people do not understand this premise. And I'd love for you to talk about it because it has been something absolutely that I am continuing to work on. I'm new to it. Obviously your work with the holistic psychologist, you guys all know the holistic psychologist got 8 billion followers. (laughs) Um, But Amy has worked with her personally one-on-one and every time she puts out a post, I'm like, Oh, there you go. There you go. That's a winner who like, so tell us about that. Cause I think that's really helpful. I think what I love about Nicole LaPere's work is you know, she teaches you that it's you doing the work. Like most therapy sessions, it's like you just kind of like diary of the mouth and you leave and you might feel a little bit better temporarily, but honestly, it's just you brain dumping. With her type of therapy, it's about like, I remember filling out paperwork the first time. It was like 20 pages of papers because she wanted to know everything from my childhood. Like, I'm like, why are you even caring about what my dynamic is back then and right now? And I'm not understanding this. And it was because she said, listen, we are all like at a seven-year-old place internally. 
And so I need to know what you're coming from. Do you have a child, like a parenting wound? Do you have a mother wound that you're, you know, struggling with? Do we need to teach you to reparent yourself? Were your parents really uninvolved? You know, all these things that I didn't really, you know, understand. But once I started to see that even as adults, like including my parents, they are seven-year-olds inside. It has allowed me to have so much more grace because I'll admit, like I'm hurt from a lot of things with me growing up in my in my household. And you know, I ran away as a child a couple of times. Like you don't just run away for no reason, right? But I've been able to work on that relationship with my mom because I can see her as her seven-year-old self. She's still just as broken inside, doing the best she can with what she knows how. You know, I'm still a big believer and you got to still do the work. You know, you can't always make that your excuse. But anytime I've had someone say lash out at me, I, I, in fact, it's like your microphone filter that you have, right? I actually put this microphone me someone and I'm like oh their seven-year-old self is just lashing out right now this is like their wound from their childhood maybe it's fear of rejection fear of abandonment you know fear of um, losing control like those are all things that kind of come up with us and it's really trying to help love that seven-year-old like I know lots of friends in this space that have gone through trauma that they carry around a picture of themselves at that age so that they can see that. I know for me, some of my healing from my wounds has been the reparenting part. I took a dance class last year. I started being in, I started singing again. Like I did things that I did as a child to show my seven-year-old self love. And it's crazy how you can heal a lot of these wounds. And I'm telling you, a lot of us that are walking around feeling condemned, it's just from these fundamental religious upbringings. Like, I'm so happy you didn't have that. Because you know what? (laughs) You see God as this amazing, good person. And that's what he is. Mm -hmm. But so many of us have had maybe parents. And again, they did the best they could. I mean, I think back to what, but my parents use God a lot as well. You wait till you go to God. And I know that they just didn't know any better. But what that did to me as a child was, I'm afraid to go you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Like that person's not going to help me. Whereas, oh my gosh, it's so the opposite. It's just, I, I actually don't even know what I would do without having that comfort because I've been at chemotherapy in the lowest of lows and being super, super alone. And I don't have to feel alone. And that to me is the most incredible gift that he gives us. Absolutely. So, so, so good. I I definitely know for a fact, I will have you back on to talk all about the child wounds and all the things. If you don't follow Nicola Para, I mean, you absolutely 100% need to, because that's one of the things that I feel like I deal with, with my clients all the time and in my personal self, I mean, absolutely 100%, you know, how many of us say, Oh, we came from a great childhood, all the things. Yeah. But like, let's all, let's be a hundred percent honest. Every human being on the planet is fucked up by their parents for some reason or another, because our parents are fucked up. And it's the people who actually take responsibility to be like, absolutely no problem. I was totally screwed up by you, but now it's my job to fix it. So I don't continue to have the same patterns. One thing that I always tell my clients is you are no longer your parents' decisions. You are no Mm -hmm. longer your parents' decisions. And so like this podcast, all about deciding, I can decide to blame my parents for certain things in my life, 
amazing. They were amazing in a lot of regards, but they fucked up a lot of shit because they just didn't know better. Right. Yeah. So- and it's why you are you like, that's Amen. the other thing too, is I could totally look back and be like, Oh my gosh. Like, I cannot believe they did this, this and this. And I can't believe, you know, when I placed my baby, they didn't even get me therapy. You know what? That was for me because you know what? It's now helping me now. Like, yeah, it sucks to go through the shit. It really does. But I have to, you you have to see it that way or else I think you go through life really not happy. Like if, if, if I was just an average person getting cancer this time, I could be extremely bitter towards God and be like, what the heck, God, what am I? I mean, I went there. I'm like, what am I not learning? It's not about that. Yeah. You know what? I have to see it as, okay, this is for me. So give it to me. What am I, what, what's going to come out of this on the other side? Because you really can't afford not to think that way. Otherwise, you really don't live a happy life. Amen. You just don't. hundred percent. I will tell you one of the things that I say all the time is I have one of the greatest lives on the planet because I decide it. And my pain is for my purpose. There is not one day that I would take back in my life that has not gotten me to where I am today. And it's because I'm deciding it. It's because I'm choosing it. It's because I a hundred percent know that Every time I hated God, every time that a bad thing happened, every pain that I've ever gone through, every hard moment I've ever gone through has gotten me to where I am now. And I'm still, I know that I have a ton of hard moments coming, but I also know too, that I have like the faith in knowing that like it is happening for me. How, like, how can I use today to know that it's happening for me? And how can I bless other people? How can I show up and give God the glory? How can I show up and know that my faith will get me through the toughest times in life until I take that last breath on this planet, which I always say to everyone else too, like, time is your most valuable asset on the planet. Mm -hmm. Like this is the shortest stint we'll ever have and take advantage of it and decide every single day for whatever the hell it is that you're deciding for. Like life is way too short and God is using you for a purpose and a reason. Every pain, every pleasure, every good, every bad, it's for a purpose and a reason. And once you can get like once that clicks in and by the way, Amy and I were talking before this, even we hit record, there is moments where we do not understand. And I am in those moments, but that's why I have Amy. She is in those moments. That's why she has me. Like that is the reason why you have to be surrounded by people who are so high vibrational, who hold you up on this level. So when, like you said it earlier, I think it, maybe it was on the podcast that we recorded with you was the fact that like some days you can't do it and you need people to yeah. do it for you. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've had a couple moments this last time with you that I was even afraid to share it. I mean, I said to you, I'm like, I hope I can do this, Christina. Like, I hope that physically, like I knew that God can hold me emotionally, but I, you know, just being able for you to say back to me, listen, God has you. Like, I mean, you know, I have you, like, it's so important to be surrounded around people like that because I'm not always going to be 100%, you know, believing. None of us are. And that's, and that's the point. Like we, you have to be around the people that are going to hold you up and have good days when you have bad days. Right. And like, you know, hopefully our good days and our bad days are like, you know, the exact opposite, but it's, it's not always going to happen. But at the same time too, just like knowing in that unwavering faith, and you have been such a blessing to me because I look to you, I, I look up to you for admiration, like, like, and I know so many people do like when, you know, you don't want to eat properly or you're at 
the gym and you don't want to lift one more fucking thing. Or, you know, when you, when you handle your life with such grace and I, I just look to you for, for all of that. And I just know my audience who I'm so excited. If there's one person listening to this, that doesn't know Amy before she, before they knew me, I mean, like you are missing out. So be sure to go follow her on the Effit podcast, which actually 90% of the time, unless I'm a guest doesn't have cussing. <laughs> Um, tell everyone where they can find you and obviously you'll be back a billion times so um you can find me on instagram it's amy underscore ladine l-e-d-i-n of course my podcast is seriously my favorite thing i never you know i got told as a kid that i talked too much and that i was a chatterbox and so now i'm laughing all the way to the podcast that you know what this was definitely meant to be i can talk as much as i want (laughs) Amen. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for talking about all your decisions. And I know you'll be back. I love you. Thank you so much for having me. Y'all, I am unbelievably grateful at how many of you are resonating with this podcast. I also know that many of you are asking yourself, gosh, what difference in my life and my business would it make to have a coach walking beside me day in and day out to make sure I show up deciding it is my turn? You guys, this is exactly what I do in my coaching practice, and I would love to jump on a free discovery call with you to see if you and I would be the perfect fit to make sure you show up every single day confidently in your purpose, making a profit, and living a life that you love. Check the show notes to book that call or the link in my Instagram bio. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that'll help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.